Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm Shane Barker, your host for the show. Today, internationally motivational speaker, coach, and writer Daniel Mangana is back with us. On today's episode, we'll discuss how entrepreneurs can become more intentional about their choices and how they can lead to more success. And what have you learned through that happening twice, right? Because I mean, it happened mm-hmm. at once is is crazy. Yeah. Happening twice is kind of an anomaly, right? In mm-hmm. situations, especially at that young of an age. Like, what have you? Mm-hmm. What did you like? What have you done to like bounce back from that? I mean, what have you learned from those lessons? Well, the funny thing is, is that I met a new friend of mine. We've been on each other's podcast, really cool kitten called April. Um, and when she was interviewing me, she shared a fun fact that um, the majority of multimillionaires, or so I say multimillionaires, and this is a statistic, on average have lost everything twice. Really? So the average multimillionaire has lost everything twice. So what about that person that's lost it once and then gives up? Yeah. Or lost it twice and given up. Some people have done it three, four times and come back. Some people have come to the brink, right? And given up at the brink. But that was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that means you're you're, you're like, I'm I'm at the average. This is what we do. This is what what we do. This is my life. I knew it. I knew it. I could have bet money on that. Or wait. But, but to be honest, when I when it first happened the second time, I was shaken completely sure. on the second time um, to the point that, so I was diagnosed with Asperger's when I was 27 years old. And I tell a bit about my website and I talk about that sometimes, but I had always struggled to form relationships with people. It's one of the reasons why I wasn't playing out with friends. I was reading books, right? Because yeah. I didn't really have any friends. I have my yeah. sister's friends and when I turned... I think 16 or 17, my now best friends, Nathan and Jamie, kind of took pity on me and brought me into their little collective. And we've been friends ever since then. And <laughs> even though we live in different countries, we still stay in touch and all the things. But other than that, it was kind of cousins that didn't have a choice or people from my mum's church that kind of had to because our mums were friends. And so they kind of, so I didn't have like friends like bros. But when I got into my late teens and realised I had a knack for making money, I realised, hang on a minute, this is a tool. Mm. And I actually found that people kept me around because I was able to make them wealthy. Mm. I was able to improve their business. And so I always had people around me that would, you know, blow smoke up my butt and treat me like royalty, carry my bag, all sorts of stuff and invite me home and for dinner with their family and all the things because I was successful. Over time, and I, I hadn't realized this creeped up, but over time, I'd started to completely wrap my identity and my meaning success. and my worth with success. Mm. And here I was, a failure. Mm-hmm. And so I literally at that point was like, well, I, I've got nothing left to give now. I've got no identity. And it wasn't like feeling sorry for myself. It was, I, I literally said, oh, okay, well, I guess there's nothing to do here. Let's just quits we gave it a shot and I it wasn't a contemplation I actually set off to go and work out how best to commit suicide and the funny thing is is that I give thanks for my Asperger's because the inability to make the impulsive decision to to just go for it is because of how my brain is wired you're like so yes Asperger's for the win Asperger's for the win so 
I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have my Asperger's because maybe I would have just mm. gone for it. But my autistic brain has to map everything out and know what's going and structure it all out. And so I looked at my options. I was literally strategizing what's the best way to do this effectively. And I got hit with terror because I didn't have a surefire way of doing it. And I had such little self-belief in, in, in me at the time that I thought if I tried to cut my wrists and have those cut marks on my wrists, I didn't want those. I could have tried hanging myself, but then someone would have to cut me down. I didn't want to subject somebody to that. If I don't take the right number of pills, then I can get my stomach pumped if somebody finds me. And I don't have a gun because this isn't the US, this is the UK. And so I was like, ah, oh, okay. So I need to develop enough self-belief and overcome the shortfalls in my ability to manifest outcomes so I can pull off my suicide without it failing. And that's what I set off to do. So my comeback, my bounce back was completely accidental because over the next few years, I polluted my mind positively with, with the books I was reading, what I was listening to, the conversations I was having, what I was doing. And then I ended up kind of through, through the back door, shifting what was going on mentally until I woke up a few years later and realized, hang on a minute, I'm rebuilding my life. By then I'd started another business. It was going really well. I'd started traveling. Um, I did like, uh, I went to Asia with my friends, did a full moon party in Thailand and Mm -hmm. and all the friends my cousin we made friends there but I'd been diagnosed with the Asperger's and I spent some time learning to deal with that and working out what that was and so all of this happened because I went off <laughs> to yeah. try and fix myself to go and pull off my suicide but ended up reprogramming myself and ended up choosing life completely accidentally that is crazy so you're like I'm trying to get a little more confidence so I can kill myself so just give it a few months I can build it up and then we'll have the plan. Cause obviously there's a few things I can't do. Maybe there'll be a new way to do suicide. I don't mean to joke around mm -hmm. about suicide, yeah, but, but, but the, the cool part is, is that this, that's this is literally yeah, in your mind, like it, that's how you were planning it out. It's just crazy when you hear that in the backstory there, because yeah. it's like, man, you just didn't have, you know, you're like, I want, you know, I want to kill myself, but I look at this thing and that just doesn't, nothing plays out perfectly the way I need it to. Yeah, right? I, I couldn't, I just didn't crazy. have the energy. I didn't have the, the bandwidth to be the loser that couldn't even kill himself. Well, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm glad you didn't because that really sucks. <laughs> you wouldn't be on the podcast today. <laughs> me you wouldn't too, have me a, too. a Russian me wife too. that that is potentially could hurt you at a certain point. Which <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to go heavy into that right now because I don't think that's the reason for the podcast. Yeah, um, but I will tell you. You know, it's funny that we we have a lot in common. My wife is Italian, um, and she's wow. a nurse, and she does remind me that she could probably, she watches all the shows, the CSI stuff and all that. And she's reminded me two or three times, I got to say this publicly so that you and I both have, like if we end up missing, not together, but separately, that yeah. they'll this have this podcast is, yeah, they'll be like, well, here goes some of the clues. Yeah, we'll end up on another podcast where they're like, this is what happened to Daniel <laughs> yeah. and Shane. And this was the podcast when they talked about their wives and then our, our wives are probably running Missing off husbands. And get a, yeah, exactly. This is it. Wives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she has reminded me multiple times that she could get rid of me and nobody would know. So there we go. Yeah. I, I want to put that on record. Yeah. I feel better. I feel a lot better Good. myself. Yeah, I feel... Gross. Gross. Yep, forever, man. I'll see you mm -hmm. wherever we wherever we end up. But mm -hmm. so I want to talk about you know because obviously the you know your story, your backstory is just pretty incredible. I mean that's just not a you know normal like just I guess your his, the history of like what you've done. I mean just in, in a short amount of time. And I mm -hmm. want to talk about you talk about getting intentional. I know that's mm -hmm. one of your your main things is like you know being mm -hmm. intentional about the things that you do. Um, and getting intentional with your business. And I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. And this is, you know, talking about from like the entrepreneurial mindset, mm -hmm. like, how do you focus on, like, if you're an entrepreneur, like, how do you focus on becoming more intentional, mm -hmm. right? Because intentional to me is like, it, it's, it's a, 
it's a where you go, oh, you need to become more intentional. But I think people go, okay, I get, I kind of get that. But like, what does that mean to be more intentional? So I'm an entrepreneur. How do I get more intentional? Like, how do I get more focused on that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think one of the things that's been most magical for me on my journey is just really understanding that if you're not choosing it consciously, your unconscious is choosing it for you. Mm. The unconscious mind moves at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. And I think it's Dr. Bruce Lipton that gave the number like nine, as much as 97% of our thoughts of which there were like 30 or 40,000 of them a day are habitual and unconscious. Mm, If you're not writing the story for your success, your unconscious is writing it. And 70% of that, as much as 70% of that program, you didn't even even have a hand in setting it up. You had it between the ages like two and seven or something like, I think that's the number. So between two and seven, 70% of the program that you're running on 97% of the time was given to you. And if that doesn't lead to success, then you're not going to have success. Doesn't matter how hard you work, how many amazing Shane Barker podcasts you listen to, how many books you read, how many money clearings you do with a shaman, how many ayahuasca ceremonies you go on. Unless you are in the driving seat, your unconscious is. And if that doesn't spurn you to want to do something different, then maybe go and get a job at McDonald's and forget about being a business owner because you're wasting your time. I love that. I mean, I love it's kind of freaky that you think that the once again, the 70% of the 97%. I will tell you, have you done ayahuasca? I have done Bufo and Cambo, not ayahuasca. I did ayahuasca in Florida. Just probably about, no, actually was on Earth Day this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of a crazy so the reason when you said that when you said ayahuasca I was like interesting not a lot of people know that I've done ayahuasca let me let the world know um, it was interesting I'll mm-hmm. tell you it was interesting I, I and there was some people that did what was it Kim, Kimbo? Kimbo. Kimba. Kimba. that did that the day before and they had all the marks and all that kind of yeah. stuff it was kind of interesting mm-hmm. stuff don't mind. Don't mind. oh yeah 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 sure yeah, yeah. yeah they are yeah it's interesting we I, I could spend a whole podcast on that because that was a quite the quite the interesting experience but uh, mm-hmm. you know my good old mother ayahuasca she was definitely telling Shane some some interesting things that he didn't even think about but I think that ties into that like you know you talk mm-hmm. about let's say two to seven that you're kind of things happen with, with your family this that or the other mm-hmm. experiences mm-hmm. that lead into what you are you know but mm-hmm. the thing is is and that's what will continue to that is the road that you will take unless you reprogram that right? Mm-hmm. Unless you go in and you say, hey, listen, like, I understand there's some stuff that maybe I don't understand or things that happen, you know, but I want to intentionally, like, mm-hmm. drive the ship. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm tired. I don't want to be in the, I don't want to be in the passenger seat. Like, I want to be mm-hmm. in the driver's seat, right? Mm-hmm. And how to become more intentional about that. So mm-hmm. I love that. Like, how do you, and then, but how does that happen? Like, when you talk about, like, what is that roadmap, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to become more intentional? Is that like, mm-hmm. is that meditation in the morning? Is that like, what do you do? Like, is it when you start to think these thoughts about your business or things like that, you go, Hey, let me come back and be mindful of think about like, what is a different way of reformatting that? Like, what is it? Like, give me some, give me a little, a little, a little history here. And this is the thing. I think sometimes as we, we allow a disconnect to show up between these different parts of the journey. Like I mentioned before, one of the teachings I've got is the flow funnel that looks at that intentionality or unconscious programming the emotional context, the mind, and then the actions, habits, behaviors, environment. And I've seen firsthand in myself when those things aren't in, in place, the mm. thing doesn't show up. And, and now, I mean, I've got so many people that we work with around the world. And time and time again, I've seen people come and they're like, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that, I want to be successful. And then click, click, 
and we have people on average in our program, the average person doesn't take more than 10 months to go from zero to millionaire, right? We had one that took longer, but she got the green light of the money in seven months and it took a bit longer for the money to actually show up, but she got the green light in seven months. Um, and that's because we look at just clicking these things into place. The reason why I say this is because intentionality is completely pointless if the alignment in the emotional state, the mental environment and the actions don't click in too. I can be as intentional as I want. I can intend to be successful if I'm not ready to do the work in terms of dealing with my emotional state around that success. If I don't have clarity on what that success looks like, if I'm not ready to address my limiting beliefs around what success is to me, if I'm not ready to do the work that I believe that I have to do in order to have that success, if I'm not ready to let go of the things in my environment that are standing between me and that success, it's not going to show up. Because ultimately, the intention is an instruction to you as a, an entire being to go and do something different. Intentions have to be spoken in the language that the being understands, and that's not words. At this point, I'm going to take a quick moment to talk to our listeners. If you guys want to grow your business and boost your revenue, you can reach out to me for one-on-one -on -one business consulting services. You can visit my website at shanebarker.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com for more information on different types of services we offer. And now back to our conversation with Daniel. So all of this to say, your intention has to trigger an emotional state that you cognitively connect to the outcome. And it has to be something that you can feel, something that you've got a clear vision around and something that you're ready to do the work on. If you do that, any intention can come to life. If you want to be successful in your business, what does that look like? Okay, it's serving this many people. It's having this amount of impact. I've deliberately not said anything about the money because the money always follows. It's touching this many lives. What would it feel like for you? What will it feel like? What does it feel like for you to hold that vision? Can you bring that into your body? Are you ready to face the shadows that come up when you're holding that in your body? Which I'm sure Mama Ayahuasca probably showed you some yeah, of that stuff. I was like, <laughs> right? <"Ooh." laughs> yeah. Are you ready to deal with the stories that you've got right now about why you can't have it? And are you ready to put the work in to bring that to life? Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's heavy. I mean, because it is, uh, there's so many, there's so many pieces of that puzzle that have to come together for it to work. And it sounds like you guys have created that, that program because of, once again, having successes and failures, successes and failures and saying, okay, like, why did I fail in that situation? Great. I had these mm -hmm. two click, but I didn't have that third one clicked or on this exactly. one, I had this. It's so like understanding exactly. that full, that full picture of like saying, Hey, are you, are you ready to do the work? I and mean, that's really what it always comes down to. It's the same thing mm -hmm. with ayahuasca or anything that I've done in the past is like, you ready to do the work. It's not just a one-time thing. It's like, are you, mm -hmm. you got to put in the work. Right. And yeah, that's, that's, that's where ex integration. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where it's like, we got to kind of talk about what's, what you see and where you at and why are you limiting your beliefs in this side or the, the other, or somebody said mm -hmm. something to you when you were five years old that you don't remember. And that's mm -hmm. the reason why you don't think you deserve this, or your parents were always saying this, like, who knows? Mm -hmm. Right. But I think understanding that and better evaluating that and figuring out how you can break through that um, mm -hmm. sounds like something that's you guys have, you guys have put together. And I, I love that. I love that a lot. Mm -hmm. In fact, I mean, I think that's going to be, um, I think it's, I think it's just valuable. I think it's valuable in the sense that, cause a lot of people, you don't know what stops you a lot mm -hmm. of the times, right? Because other than you're like, I just, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's that these values that you have that you maybe you don't even know that you have. And those mm -hmm. are the things that are stopping you from going to that next level. And so I think that's, mm -hmm. 
That's interesting. That's interesting. My the ayahuasca story is interesting to me because I the way that I got into the way that I did it is I had a friend of mine through the internet, which is a whole other conversation. Sounds super weird when you say that, like a friend of the internet. <laughs> My friend from and the internet. Yeah, exactly. This, the interweb. I met him on the interweb. Um, you know, we went out there and he was like, "Hey, you know, this yeah, I tried it a long time ago, like changed my life." And I was like, "Wow, like, like I have a good life, but I'm I'm looking to kind of try something different. Let's do it." We went out to Florida. I met with my little group out there and told everybody that I was there because a buddy of mine, Andrew, like this changed his life, and he just he's never been the same. Just this, that, and the other. Well, some of Andrew's friends were in that group with me, and they came up to me afterwards and they said, "Hey." you know that Andrew's never done ayahuasca before. This is his first time. And I go, no, we, like I literally talked to him. I'm not kidding you. And I was like, so I'm like, no, 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 what? I go, no, no, no. I talked to him. He said it changed his life. So I went up and I said, hey man, like, did you like, when was, is this, how many times have you done ayahuasca? Oh, this is my first time. I said, what do you mean your first time? You told me that it changed your life. And he goes, no, no, that was, that was another, that was, well, what it was, it was, uh, I'm not going to tell you what it was because it was something that might something not be else. legal in some countries, but yeah. So he goes, oh yeah, that's what changed my life. And I'm like. No, that's not what you told me. Like, I literally know that's not, like, because you told me, and I told my wife, oh, I'm, I'm going to go figure this out. Like, I don't, you know, not that once again, not that I felt my life was bad, right? But I thought, why not yeah. open up my mind a little? I was raised by hippies in California. So I was like, let's yeah. go open up some, some minds and figure this kind of stuff out. And then, so yeah, so I had to go to my group the next day and I was like, hey, just so you guys know, fully lied to you guys. <laughs> Andrew's never tried it, hasn't done it. That uh, pulled me in and here I am. And so, I have no idea how Mother Alaska, you know, told me to come here, but whatever the deal is, I had to be lied to to make it happen. And here we are. So now we're making it happen. So here we are. So, anyways, it, it was kind of funny, kind of a funny little story. Shout wow. out to Andrew. If you hear this, you, you pulled me in, my friend, even though you lied to me, you super yeah. lied because, and I've got yeah. that on, it was recorded. So I do have evidence of it, but anyways, I don't want to get into heavy on that. Evidence, it's not like I did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Just, just know that all the lies, it. all the it's recorded. Yeah, it's, it's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's all documented. Thank you, Daniel. It's been an insightful conversation. We'll continue the conversation about intentionality and mindfulness on the next episode. For now, it's time to wrap up this episode. Stay tuned to the Marketing Growth Podcast for another interesting conversation with Daniel Super.